Attention, Pokemon players. You are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. I am your host, Jake Abrams, alongside Nick Yurko, a.k.a. the Duke of Hobbies. How are we doing today, Nick? Jake, that was impressive. You did that on the fly in a different state. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, this is this is uh, this is going to be a fun one because uh, I am not in Pennsylvania right now. No, you are not. Nope. Uh, I finally got out of the state to come visit some family in California. So, just been out here um, enjoying the sun, going to the beach almost every day. Uh, maybe getting a little bit of a tan. You know, I'm pretty pale since I've been living in Pennsylvania. So at least I'm getting some color out here. Um, but it's been vacation, but it's been very hectic. Uh, a lot of just running around, playing around on the beach and stuff. And uh, I'm sore. So today I've been just hanging out at home or at my dad's house and just kind of playing some Pokemon, getting ready for our our, uh, our podcast tonight. But uh, how have you been, my friend? Good, good. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, I am I in this uh, fun, exciting space. I was one of those players who was not able to get any content, uh, not any content, uh, product uh, at all for this. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden I was lucky enough to find some really neat stuff uh decent prices so i was like good all right this is gonna happen i'm actually getting chill and rain product and not relying on uh just like one of of something out there so yeah so i'm i'm really excited moving forward uh with the irl and online play so i'm I'm pretty pumped about that yeah for sure I, i was lucky enough to get um a booster box and a few other things from pokemon center um, buying some singles and then trading for a bunch of packs, also having max coins. So I ended up opening about 300 packs online um, and p- basically have, you know, the play set of, you know, both Caliraxes and all the other staple new cards that you will need. Um, so lots of deck testing. Unfortunately, no videos this week for me because I'm not at my computer. Can't do that. But uh, I guess, yeah, I can't wait for those videos to come out. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. Uh, but um, hey, we have a uh, guest today, uh, actually yes, someone who's been with us before in the past, uh, but this time instead of just coming on it for an interview after winning Players' Cup 2, uh, he's on here to talk about a lot of stuff with us today, especially around Chilling Rain, and that is Zach Lesage. Hello, Zach. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, no worries at all. Thank you for having me. It's uh, sounds like everyone, you, everything's going well for you guys. Everything's going well for me. So it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good episode, I think. Yeah, yeah for sure. I can't wait to talk a little bit of Pokemon with, uh, with you. Um, lots of cool, new, interesting topics, um, for the week. But before we get into that, how have you been since the last time you uh, you're on? Because I obviously spent a, a little bit of time in between uh, episodes. Yeah, no, it's uh, everything's going really well. I've just been. Uh, working a lot on my YouTube channel, working a lot on writing articles, keeping busy, um, taking some time for myself. I've been, uh, I, I played through Twilight Princess. I bought it for the Wii U. Nice. Uh, Legend of Zelda. So, I mean, it was super fun. I, apparently the eShop still works for that. I did not have to buy the $180 secondhand copy of that game because apparently that's how much the HD version goes for. But, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy, right? So, like, the fact that I was able to download it for, I think, 50 bucks on my Wii U was it was nice uh because i was never a huge fan of the motion controls or anything in the original so super hyped about that and i mean yeah everything's just been going well um i recently just played in the players cup four i mean i guess we also had the players cup three in between there so there's been some time there's been some stuff going on (laughs) 
for sure, for sure. You you did mention a little bit about your uh, YouTube, and I've been noticing you. You've been putting out tons of new deck lists and all that stuff. Um, has there been one that's kind of stuck out to you um, through your testing so far on the YouTube channel? Um, I mean, right now I'm just kind of in a phase of discovery of all these new things, and I want to make sure that at least for the archetypes that I can identify or everything like that, I, I try to cover at least one of everything. And then I start getting into the nitty gritty details. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't necessarily recorded the video yet. It's on my to-do list. I've already recorded two Shadow Rider Calyrax videos, uh, the yeah. new three Zapdos version, the Alcremi uh, Cake Rider version, as they've been calling mm -hmm. it. Cake Rider? Uh, <laughs> I love that name, right? There's it's been a, a lot of funny names on... Uh, for all these decks but i think cake rider is actually a good one yeah. uh, the, the one that i like the most is the one i haven't put up yet and it's the shadow rider path to the peak version um mm -hmm. that deck is i think toxic might actually be the correct word for that one Ooh. Uh, hopefully it doesn't catch on then <laughs> we don't want anything <laughs> well, see, I, I played in the i played in the hyperlux event the ones that are ran by gabe smart on the mondays and like yeah. it was one of those things where like I watched, I didn't even play against it. I, I fizzled out a two, three drop. Uh, so that was super fun, but whatever. Um, cheering, <laughs> cheering on uh, Michelle, who is now my lovely fiance. I guess that happened since the players cup. Yep, yep, yep. Um, congrats, congrats. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, and I, I watched her get absolutely demolished in the top 16 by this uh, by the Shadow Rider deck. And it's one of those things where like, I've definitely played the Shadow Rider path to the peak, but I didn't realize how dominant it was until I watched Michelle's hopes and dreams. Like I sat over her shoulders. She's like, what do I do? And I'm like, LOL, there's a power, uh, path to the plant or path of the peak in play. Um, and she just could do nothing. So it was just like draw passing, getting a night watched. And she yep. was a little upset. But I mean, it's one of those things where it's it's very much a very, it's a good deck. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily good for the game, but it's a good deck. Well, we, yeah. we will definitely be diving more into that because I'm, <laughs> I'm excited. But we have you know, we appreciate you coming on again. We really enjoyed having you on last time. And so, uh, but this time we got some interesting news. And today, what we will be talking about more is not just about Chili Rain uh, and your impressions on it, but also some Players Cup Ford uh, and the tag team event. Plus, uh, we also really want to hear what your thoughts on the V Union uh, since that announcement has been out. So, uh, but uh, Jake, I think we got some important news we would want to cover over first. Yeah, for sure. Um, TPCI announced, I think it was just this morning or maybe it was yesterday um, as of this recording, but uh, they announced the 2022 uh, series um, and they're thinking about, you know, getting it all running um, for next year. Um, so hopefully if I, if the article um, from what I, I gathered, hopefully we will have worlds next year and it will be in London um, if everything goes according to plan and, you know, pandemic is starting to fizzle out or, or in places around the world, um, at least here in the United States, it seemed like it went from zero to 100 where everybody is, uh, you know, masked up and social distancing to basically like it never existed. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this is some big news. Zach, what are your thoughts on this announcement? Is it... Uh about time or is it more along the lines of like this is exactly what you're expecting to hear i mean i think it's a typical like pokemon like i don't know if it's like press release is probably the best way to put it uh because it's mm -hmm. on their website or something like that but i think they're like hey we exist uh we haven't talked to y'all in a while kind of like a distant family member in a way <laughs> where they're like 
yo, yeah. here's some changes. We've thought about these for like almost two years now. Um, this <laughs> oh is my. what's going on, right? Um, and I know there's a lot of peeps that this, this might actually matter for a lot of people more because as far as I'm concerned, the 2021 season starts probably late August, new early September or something like that. I'd have to look to see what the actual dates are and maybe it even says it in here and I've completely um, overlooked it. But that means that if we do have Players' Cups, which again, they've said that they're going to continuously do Players' Cup at some point, they never said mm -hmm. that they're officially putting a stop to it. It means that players playing online right away um, might age up from the seniors division that they've been stuck in because they froze all the age divisions. So yep. we might actually get a bunch of new competitors who are able to compete for the first time, which is awesome for them. So I think that's an immediate thing that we can take back from it. Uh, beyond that, I think uh, a lot of it's wishful thinking at this point because we don't currently have any other dates for anything. Like Worlds is gonna be in August. I think most people in the world agree that unless some kind of impending doom comes down. Uh, I know Canada here specifically, we're struggling with the Delta variants of COVID um, as mm -hmm. more of the predominant thing. If something else like that mutates elsewhere in the world, we might be in a case where we're uh, going back inside for a little bit. But I, I think unless anything changes, um, right now, most of the world looks like we're on path to return to some kind of normalcy and uh, Worlds looks like it should go on for 2022. Um, I think London is just kind of locked in. They probably have some kind of contract that they can't get out of regardless. Yeah. Um, otherwise, yeah. I think it would just be a stateside year otherwise, because that makes it a little bit more easier. Um, we'll see. For me, I'm personally um, don't know how to take it because I was a top 16 competitor um, before they shut down our season. And it seems like I'm kind of put into the pile of, I'm likely going to get a Friday invite regardless of anything, mm -hmm. um, but I might not be getting any extra bonuses. And I know that sparked a little bit of a Twitter debate um, mm -hmm. based off the Pokestats peeps. But I mean, right now, it, I think we're just waiting for part two of this and maybe part two is going to come in a day, a month, a week, uh, a year. Yeah, it, <laughs> like, re Reasonably like um, I've always said it, I think that, because um, I was there when everything got shut down at Toronto, like I, I had my hotel. I know like I'm from the area. Um, so I drove out, I was at the hotel and when, when they made that announcement, I was a little bit heartbroken there. So I feel like it's one of those things where I've always felt like whenever it resumes, it's probably going to be at that regionals. And that's the way that I've always kind of taken it. Toronto regionals mm -hmm. is typically around March. Um, I think things will probably be cleared up for like international massive play around then. That's that's kind of my gut feeling. Yeah. Anything else would just kind of be awkward because you you run into a world where there's a disproportionate amount of CP given out to geographic regions within. Right. Let's just look at North America, for example. We've already had a Florida regionals in that season that is a half season. We already had a yeah. Brazil internationals. We already had an Australia. So looking at it, like, let's say some people would be like, why isn't there a regionals in September in Florida? And I mean, mm -hmm. maybe they're correct. So I'm not sure. Um, I, I'm not here. I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not an expert on that. I play Pokemon. But it's <laughs> yeah. one of those things where wouldn't it be an advantage to be a player living in that Florida area or Georgia or anything like that? If there was already a Florida regionals, especially if your players who have played in that previous season. Um, yeah, I agree. So right. if they skip over regionals, especially I think for you guys, um, what's the one that we, were we going to have one in, was it Rochester, New York? 
Uh, I believe so. Yes. I'm, I'm yeah. not 100%. I think it was Rochester. Sure. I could be wrong. I mean, it was like upstate New York. I mean, that would be relatively close to you guys as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah. And it's one of those things where, yeah, like, let's just say that one just doesn't happen, we'd have to see exactly what goes on there. Like, I think they just need to be very careful how they put major events in place. No, I agree with that. And it just uh, it feels like almost no matter what they do, somebody's going to get, like, you know, kind of screwed. Yeah, they're uh, damned if they do, damned if they don't. It's, um, it's so yeah, they kind of just have to jump in, you know, into the deep end and hopefully everything goes off, you know, without a hitch, you know, or closest to um, and, and try to hurt as less, you know, less amount of goals possible uh, in this whole transition. This, this year, be a little rough, I guess, until, you know, until the world calms back down and then we get on a normal rotation of, you know, what a, what a world would look like any given season. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, I think there's a lot of ways to look into it. This announcement, you might be like in real life play is returning relatively soon in real play is not returning for a significant period of time, or we could even see like how they mentioned um, Australia um, and New mm -hmm. Zealand's like Australia and New Zealand have been stuck with league play and pre-releases for ever since they've reopened for Pokemon. Um, we might be dipping our toes in that water for longer than we think. Yeah. So yeah. we'll, I mean, yeah, it's one of those things you just got to, you know, you know, see and wait and see what happens uh, in the world, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. And, and again, it's it's better to be safe than sorry. So, you know, whatever these, you know, whatever they decide to do, uh, you know, again, it's it's just it is like you said, it's a little unfortunate with how geography plays such an important role in access to being able to get. Uh, CP and stuff and so it, it's one of the you know downsides of the system but it's a system that does does you know it's what we got right now essentially so unfortunately at the same time uh, but yeah. hey, you know hey I'm excited I think this is in general just good news uh, but good PR news and you know hey maybe we'll maybe more communications will pick up a little bit in the future so uh yeah. you know it just it just gets it just it's a good like warm feeling because you know when a game goes cold communication that's always a bad sign so i'd rather have some communication rather than none at this point yeah we're just in that wait and see kind of period but uh it, it, like you just said the communication is good to hear um from them that they're not you know gone or anything like that so again just a wait and see kind of situation for from for now i guess um, but one other quick note, not nothing too crazy, but um, uh, the ladder reset just recently and ADP is now on the ladder, um, just following Zacian B being on ladder. Um, so we have, what, two two plus months left uh, with these older cards like ADP and all these mm -hmm. tag teams. So they're really making it accessible uh, at the, the end stage for free to play players to at least get the hold of that meta deck ADPZ. Um, and then even going forward, going into like expanded, um, those free to play players will at least have a deck that they can kind of play around with um, for basically for free. Right. Have you guys seen an increase on the ladder in general of ADP? Uh, you know, like in your experience of playing on on PTCGO. 
No, I haven't. I don't know about Zach. I, I mean, I, I've been playing a little bit. I just noticed today for the, I played my first ladder game um, <laughs> of this new ladder today. And I, I mean, I think it just went up. So I think as time goes on for this, I think there's like, what, six week kind of stint. I don't even know. Six week rotations of the cards going on there. I think like yeah. we're relatively early in it. So if anyone's doing it, like they're probably already a really like active free to play player or an active yes. player in general. Um, so I think we're not necessarily going to see any like um, kind of huge swings in ADP being played um, based off what we've had beyond that. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, I don't know. I think it's just good for the game, the way that they've been doing it. They've been putting a lot of playable cards, like even like beyond the mm-hmm. ADPs that there's two of, yep. there's even that Guzma Hala. And Guzma Hala, yep. while, while it might be easy to obtain for some of us, um, some players might be like, oh, you want to know what? I, I don't necessarily have that card. I've never had a chance to like play with that card. So, I mean, I think everything that they've been doing has been absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I can yeah. agree more. They made the game just that much better for newer players to jump in. So it's not as intimidating from from ladder prizes like we just talked to to you know sets that they've been coming out with. Um and it just it's just been a good sign to see that Pokemon's just made their game that much more accessible. Yeah, yeah. I actually I you brought up a good point about Goose Mahala because I'm like one of those players who's only had two of them online. Like I know I have enough in, in IRL, but I, I haven't really played it in that way. And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. I gotta go get this one. So like it's gonna actually force me to play all the way through and then hey, I'll get a nice looking version of it too. So can't complain there. Um so but it, it, it's it's nice, like you both have said. It's it's wonderful. Uh I, I, honestly on my ladder play right now. Um, I find it, I always find it interesting how the new and shiny things are what dominates the beginning of a ladder. And I'm just oh, looking, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for that. Okay. After maybe even less than a month, what are the chances I'm going to just go right back to seeing ADP and Pika Rom just shower <laughs> everything there. So like, I'm just, I'm actually actively <laughs> counting down the days until those take precedent right now. So just kind of funny. Uh, I look yeah, forward we'll to these. We will talk about the new shiny toys here mm-hmm. in a little bit. Um, and some of them to be, you know, some of them will be real good. Some of them you might not be, you know, what we anticipated. So we will see an uptick within a couple of weeks, I probably. But right now I just see more of the new toys um, or, or things that people have been trying that may have been affected by ADP now that you're not seeing it as much on ladder. So they're just trying to get like that testing in that way. Yep. But cool. Um, I think that's going to do it for us for the news. And let's go ahead and jump in and uh, talk to Chuck and the Whimsy Watch. Hello and welcome to another Whimsy Watch, where we take a quick look at the meta. I would like to welcome you all to the Chilling Rain meta. Now, of course, we have two more weeks for official play events where Chilling Rain set is legal, but online we are wasting no time. So I'm going to spend the bulk of this week's watch breaking down the most popular deck upon the release of Chilling Rain, which is Shadow Rider Calyrex VMAX. This deck utilizes a few of the new cards in Chilling Rain, plus some older ones, to fuel Shadow Rider to victory. The most popular pairings were Trevenant and Dustnor, Tag Tag Team GX, throwing in also a Gengar and Mimikyu Tag Team GX. Those two paired up with Shadow Rider, his ability of Underworld Door to quickly power up those abilities, 
most likely Trevenor, to use his Night Watch attack to keep his opponent's hand in flux, because with each attack, they shuffle two cards back into their deck. And even maybe a possible Pale Moon KO on a large VMAX that can't get out of the active. Now this cool thing, this deck also ran Path to the Peak to limit your opponent's abilities on the field. But it also ran Mars Shadows with the Resetting Hole ability so he can pop out the Path to the Peak and use his own abilities like Underworld Door, play a Dedenne, and then play down another Path to the Peak afterwards, blocking out his opponents. It's a very clever tactic. Now, this was not the only build of Shadow Rider uh, played over the two days, but being new, there were quite a different, uh, quite a few different variants. But this one was Demetrius Eaton's that won the 160 per 161 person Sunday Open. Now, let's wrap up with a quick look at the meta as a whole. What we see are the usual top five in battle styles still in the top spots. Rapid Strike Urshifu comes in at fifth place. The Relish Mewbox at fourth. Uh, Victini at three. ADP at two. And then Eternatus takes the top spot this week. Now I expect this to totally change next week being that Chilling Rain is out. So keep a lookout uh, here for all the changes. We'll break them down next week. And that's going to wrap up this week's watch. Be sure to follow me over on Twitter at WatchWimsy, and I'll see you next week. All right. Thank you, Chuck. Another awesome report. Oh, that is actually some exciting data. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pumped about it. Uh, you know, so let's, but before we talk about his kind of information that he brings in with Chilling Rain, um, mm -hmm. let's go into Players' Cup 4. So, you know, Zach, uh, you were a part of it, Players' Cup 4. You made the day two, I believe. Um, uh, yep, me. Yep. yep. So, uh, you know, what were your impressions of that? I saw that you tweeted out what your list was going into that. Could you go a little bit more into detail about why you decided to go with that list? And uh, uh, if you can, how everything went for Players' Cup 4 for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I went with Picarom. It's one of those things where by the end of the format, we kind of had a lot of tier one decks that a lot of players could chose. Um, mm -hmm. I went with Picarom because it felt like I could have done a lot of things, a lot of matchups. Um, I, I wouldn't want to be Eternatus playing against a Rapid Strike. And as much as I don't necessarily want to be Picarom hitting against a Rapid Strike, it's one of those things where at least I have options. And the matchup might be 35, 40, 60 kind of, but at least I'm still in the game and I have uh, mm -hmm. skin in the game is the best way to put it. So, I mean, it, it's one of those things where I constructed my deck with um, Gabriel Smart's Logan McKay, we worked on this deck tirelessly. And I mean, it looks very similar to the list that I actually won the Players' Cup 2 with. Um, I think we got it very close to being perfect then. And I mean, based off the minute metagame changes, the list looked pretty cool. Nothing like crazy in the deck. We went with four boss um, in yeah. the list just to be able to bring up the Grass Mewtwo's Rillaboom. Um, and of course, four boss is never bad. I, I usually win a lot of my games by playing boss's orders. I think a lot of players do. Um, so yep. nothing crazy changed there. Um, I ended up going 3-3 three, three drop. So for anyone who's uh, tuning in for the first time, why would I drop from the Players' Cup? Um, 
it's a new bracket system or not a new bracket they went from a bracket system a double elimination um bracket to swiss rounds so it was nine rounds of swiss anyone with seven and two or higher in at least in north america would have likely made it in there was actually people who bubbled that seven and two which okay. is a gigantic yikes mm-hmm. um and there's a few other changes too like a double game losses for players if you did not complete the series period you could be up one and oh about to take your last prize card if time got called or if you did not report your game quick enough then you would just yeah. get a double game loss with your opponent um so i think anytime that they add something to the game or reinvent the system there's going to be some struggles i personally don't agree with a lot of the changes they made i think the swiss rounds is super cool i think having a straight cutoff or an asymmetrical cut would have been a lot nicer um because i think in both na and in latin america there was uh, a player each that bubbled out at seven two and i mean they had the same record as everyone else like that just sucks Um, and i mean i don't necessarily want to get into a in open up a can of worms here um i mean i've been known to be a controversial pokemon player so but you want to know <laughs> no. we'll, we'll, we'll dive into it a little bit uh probably already hates aclassage right um <laughs> hey we here in pittsburgh there. like you uh, <laughs> i appreciate it i like you guys too um <laughs> I, my biggest issue is there's a lot of players who from the australia region and I mean, I love the Australia region. I love Australia. I've never got a chance to go to New Zealand, but I'm sure I'd love it there too. Um, they recently changed their structure where they took all of most of the Asian countries or all of the Asian countries out of the region. So the Singapore, the players like uh, from Malaysia, et cetera, mm-hmm. that played within their system are now in TPCI Asia or TPCI Japan. Um, mm-hmm. So when that goes for the Players' Cup, TPCI originally made it where it's like the top 128 players advance um, for their smaller region. That means that players are qualifying for the event with 20 tournament rep, for example, Um, from what I've seen. um, I I don't, don't quote me on that. It might be 30. It was a relatively low number, especially when you have players um, bubbling out of the players cup at like 93 and other regions Um, making it a good conversion ratio. If you tried in those regions, you have a, you have a higher chance of making it. And I agree that they should have a a significant amount of their players making it because they're going to fall off. The only thing that kind of, um, makes it difficult since it is a global game as i think there should be some sort of equality um and i don't necessarily know how to do that based off of where you're living residence required because i look at it and i'm like they had eight rounds of swiss and they had players advance onto their top 16 at five and three right um, where in north america you had players with an extra round of swiss so anything that's extra adds it a little bit more difficult and i'm not saying that mm-hmm. players from australia mm-hmm. by any means are lesser than any other regions they have some of the best players in australia um, oh, yeah, for sure. it, it's one of those things where like i, I totally respect all those players it, it it's one of those things where five and three is a huge difference from seven and two and no oh, disrespect yeah. to the five and three player but i mean i could have gone like in my personal example i could have won 2-0 and made it on um and maybe i'd probably be one of the mm-hmm. bubble players that bubbled at five and three but for the players that bubbled at seven and two i really feel for them when other regions were um, slightly more forgiving or slightly easier to advance on um, just from record alone. Right. Right. And that's, that's always the inherent flaw with a Swiss 
cut off a hard cut off setup like that and exactly. it, and it's it's never i have yet to i think it's uh, even in chess like the, let's let's take it this way even in chess though basically the longest competitive tabletop board game card game out there sure. struggles with this and they don't they haven't figured out a great system for it yet and oh, it's the same it's yeah. it's a similar thing too like it's it's one of those things that like you know you know even though it's a game that has no additional components coming into the game right and it's not yeah. like availability is not the issue it's just you know it, they you go with the swiss format and i love a swiss a good swiss format but at the same time like when you scale it you start to see the flaws of the swiss format um and it's hard it's not easy and it's not it's one of those ones where you're like what can i do better and I, I, I'm in the same boat with you, Zach, on this. I don't yeah. know. Like, I have actively sat there. I've come up with simulations to try and develop other ones. I've, I've looked into research on these things. Yeah. It ain't easy. And it, it's like, as soon as you dive into another one, you're like, well, this has 40 different flaws. Let's just stick with the Swiss. Yeah, um, exactly. I've even thought of, like, like, my first immediate thought is, like, what if everyone who advanced on was in some kind of global bracket where we broke down from, like, I mean, I think everyone advanced on to a top 16. So mm-hmm. 256, 256, 256, and then 128. Doing some quick basic math puts us around, what, eight, eight, uh, 875? Approximately, right? Oh, um, I, I can't do simple math in my head. Uh, <laughs> Mathing's hard. I don't know enough about this. Anyways, I think <laughs> we're, 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 under, we're slightly under 1,000 players um, for what it's worth. Yeah, uh, around eight seventy five, eight whatever, eight ninety six in total. Sure. There, if I'm missing, then, if I'm missing another two fifty six, yeah, yeah, no, but... yeah, yeah, you're you're totally cool with that. That makes sense. But I think that that might be better to break down to a top sixty four bracket globally, um, and that gives everyone the same amount of chances on Swiss. Mm-hmm. So where they take the top sixty four players out of that, and then they play out that. The only issue with that is that we run into a realm where we might have a disproportionate amount of players from one region or another. I think Pokemon specifically has liked having four, 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 um, whether or not everyone has a more difficult path to get there or not yeah. is to be determined. And I mean, again, I, I truly respect all the Australian New Zealand players. And I mean, some of the nicest people as well. Um, but I think as we go into a global event, it's hard to be from a different region and be like, why not? Especially right. considering like if Canada were its own region with the amount of players we have, um, it's mm-hmm. very tough to be put into the US. So like for me being from the small country and playing on a global scale, um, small country in terms of Pokemon playing population, nothing. I mean, I could drive two hours away from my house and be in the middle of like, the woods with the with the polar bears and all that uh, <laughs> fun stuff. But I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see exactly how uh, Pokemon decides to do it. I mean, I think the Players Cup one was a bit of a issue with the event tickets, right? And right. Then, yeah, for sure. I mean, as much as I, I respect Tord Reclive, but when you randomly add in a player to the upcoming Players Cup. I think that's a gigantic prize, especially when there is no way to qualify for that. I mean, Tord would probably find a way to qualify for that. Trust me, he's one of the best players, if not the best player in the game. Yeah. But it's tough when you take a group of players and give them that kind of jump. Players Cup 2, without any bias, I think, 
was a little bit more normal compared to what we have for the structure. Right. Players got three, then they accidentally gave the juniors and seniors keys, which made there be a significant bubble. Um, and then yeah. players got four. Obviously, they changed the Swiss brackets. Um, so it's kind of, um, I, fingers crossed for players cup five. <laughs> um that players cup five if there is a players cup five we don't have any formal announcements and i mean right um mm-hmm. one of those, i have not heard anything about a players cup five from anybody so i don't i don't even know what's going to happen there but that being I said think we're, we're all just around. assuming um that, that we're, we're going to have one just like we were assuming dragon was dead so you take that for what it is <laughs> yeah. i mean yeah. We'll see exactly how it goes. I mean, if, the, if if they actually end Players' Cup after Players' Cup 4, and they're just like, oh, that sounds like a nice, good number. 4 is our favorite number. <laughs> we'll probably have some other online events regardless. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that they're going to feed us en- enough until we have in-real-life play return. Right. I, you know, uh, and, yeah. and here's, and like, honestly, my thoughts on this in terms of with online play is the more and more I, I, I get excited about IRL coming back. And, you know, as much as I want to have PTCGO be around as a, another f- format for players who normally couldn't be playing competitively, you know, especially since, you know, we have all these third party events, you know, chill saturday select limitless and all these kind of things and they're a lot of fun and they're they're great great practice um you know i i i, I don't want to see ptcgo completely go away and the team events seem like that could be the one of the smartest things to do because if you have global team events where no one has to travel to play the game that's that's genius for Pokemon at this point. And they could really turn that around in my mind. I, I don't know. Like th- that's like, I can see them going away from the solo play and we, this might be, like you said, this might be the end of players cup four, but what this doesn't have to be the end of like the, the, the team events at all. This could be, yeah. this could be where they really decide to shine and grow those. So those are they're interesting. I mean, I, I played in both of them so far and I, I was able, I've qualified for both. Uh, like we made top 32 in the first team challenge so i mean that was pretty deep like that's decent far running because there was we started with that like bye weekend of 1012 so like we won i think five six rounds again i'm not here i don't want to be doing basic math on the air boys but uh, (laughs) don't don't worry about that (laughs) yeah we did we did pretty well i mean we all Mm -hmm. felt like we did pretty well and we were getting close um to that kind of top eight where they prize things out um Mm -hmm. There, there's a bunch of different gripes that I have with that system. I actually love the team challenge formats. Um, I think playing with a team and there's different strategies that I developed. I, I offered some coaching to some other teams that also ended up making top 32. So they were super pleased with that. Um, yeah, it's awesome. It, it came down to you can construct your decks differently. So if anyone's looking at if there's a team challenge three or if you want to can do something similar at home or whatever, um, you can you don't necessarily need to tech against some decks because sometimes your single deck or your three decks are strong against a particular set of decks so like mm-hmm. let's say if you're one of those players that doesn't want to lose decidui well you just get your two teammates to beat have decks that beat decidui while also doing other things so maybe right. a send a scorch deck that already plays volcanian and maybe mm-hmm. you have a aegis slash that already has an or a, an adp that already has an aegis slash so then you could go with Eternatus and have no text against that deck, period. Um, 
And I mean, of course, you got to discuss it with, with your team. Right. My biggest gripe with the system is just like, it really hurts when your team does not win the games. And that's not to be like holier than thou. I've definitely had opportunities where I've let my team down and I've lost, like I've gone one, yeah. two, and we brought it mm-hmm. way too close. Um, did not happen like that for the last team challenge at the, at the top 32 thing. I think I won my games three, and zero, and while I was playing on my last game, or I might've been two and zero and playing against the last game. It's, it's fuzzy, but it's one of those things where, when you're the one who's leading the pack and the rest of the team's like, I lost, I lost, like it hurts. Um, right. and I, mean, I guess that's really where it's a team's like sports. Um, mm-hmm. I wish there was a way to kind of solo play that, that you could like counteract that. Like it's one of those things where it's tough. Yeah, it, it's tough. Um, I've been in the situation with this game and others um, in a team event where I was the one, you know, winning and it's like, oh man, it really, it's just rough when your, your teammates aren't winning. Uh, and then, you know, you, your team doesn't end up winning uh, the overall match, but then there's, you know, those times where you're not doing so well and your teammates pick you up. And then it's, it's a really good camaraderie feeling. We're like, heck yeah, man, thank you for picking me up and, and taking the, the home the team or the win home for the team. Uh, so it's really, really one of those like give and take, uh, feelings I, i've been on both I, spectrums um in the team i can aspect. tell you i can i can tell you why it's from that it's the lowest amount of sample sizes and that's where that aspect comes from so with the fewer number of games being played between players and matches to determine what's going on because this is playoffs mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. the, the tag team play after everything's settled and the teams are playing against each other it's playoff style and playoff style is not enough data set uh to really determine things um and you know, so it, it hurts more when you, you know, you take a lead like that. And like, you know, like Zach, like you, you said, like, have a rough one, day. I mean, it happens to every single, it happens, it happens yep. to everyone. And, and so that it just, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things. If this was like, and I, I bring it up this way is if you take it, like this was a baseball season, like 162 games, I'd be perfectly fine with keeping it the way it is, because again, everyone's going to have ups and downs and then it would, you would regress to your mean and like, okay, if it was the t- us team of three, like Zach would be leading probably with the most wins. Jake would have a good day, you know, have better. And then I'd be on the lower end of it. And like, you know, it'd be interesting to see how that played out. Um, but like, you know, and in playoffs, we're only just seeing the spike. And that's yeah. it. And that's, and that's why that's tough. Um, you know, if they would like you, if they could do something interesting where they decide, and since it's so few games again, uh, you could pick like, okay, this is our team captain for the day. Their wins are worth more for some, whatever reason that might be your comeback or your rubber band strategy at the same time. Yeah. So there could be a lot more strategy involved. Again, that's hit or miss. There's a lot more things you can do with that. But at the same time, um, you know, it is one of those, if, if, if it hurts more because it is a playoff style setting when it would almost one person could one, you know, if, if you, if you're just taking charge and then all, you look back and your team's like, well, it's not happening today. You're like, uh Oh, <laughs> yeah. so. no, for sure. Um, but how's your team doing this time around? Um, we've all had at least one round in so far. So our team, uh, we we just advanced to top two of these six. We went nice, a nice. seven two lead, um, which would I think it was seven two something like that. Anyways, um, it was it was good. 
Um, I mean, we played against a store, uh, Hammer Girl Anime from, I think they were actually from Rochester, now that I'm speak, thinking of that. We were talking about <laughs> yeah. Rochester earlier. Uh, they, were, <laughs> they were super nice. Um, I mean, we're just kind of waiting it out. So we're top two V6. I think we already earned our extra play mats or something like that. Very that cool, game. very cool. It's, yeah. it's just trying to get to that top 64, which is the next kind of prize threshold. Because uh, every week they give you those digital codes for advancing. I think it's like five or 10 battle styles or chilling rain packs. I, I honestly haven't checked it out. Um, I know after the last one, I was slightly disheartened. Um, the team challenge won. I, I felt like I played a lot of Pokemon and I don't want to sound entitled, but I don't feel like there was a lot of prizing um, mm -hmm. for any of the events. Like apparently I still have an ultra pro swag bag uh, waiting for me at the local store. My store um, that I chose is about an hour and a half away from me. So I haven't got a chance to necessarily go there, especially with like COVID restrictions. So it's more or less mm -hmm. like, yeah. I'm just kind of uh, waiting it out. I don't feel like we got like super prized out or anything. I mean, it's obviously, it seems like it's an extension of league at home. Um, yeah. But kind of like just to backtrack a little bit, if I had any change about the season or how they did team challenge, for example, I think it'd be cool if they did like some kind of, um, you play five rounds against five stores in your relative geographic region and then play yeah, with like a that. score of three, two advancing. And then they kind of went on like that. And then they, like, it might make the tournament go on by another couple months. And maybe that would have been better than just playing the team challenge one and two. Mm. Um, I just think that playing it like where everyone even gets a chance, like the poor guy on the team that we played against, who was the one who sat out, he was their team captain. Um, but apparently he had work or some other commitment and couldn't play his team lost and he does not have the opportunity to play ever in the team right. challenge right. from the very beginning. And that's going to happen to 25% of the team, <laughs> like 25% of the members on every single team yep. are just, um, and then 50% of those are just going to get cut off. So there's right. a very real chance that people like qualify for this event and then they just don't get the chance to play. Yeah, yep. it's unfortunate. And another thing to say on, on your point there, if you did it where it was like, you know, the five closest uh, geographical stores to to one another, it would be kind of like having a rivalry. So you can kind of have some bragging rights over your, you know, your local competitive store um, or, you know, you know what I'm saying? That way, you know, it, it, it is a little bit more fun, I think, in that case, too. Yeah, and you get more opportunities to play, I think. Um, it sucks to be like when it's immediately single elimination, right? Uh, yeah, because a lot of these players who are qualifying for it, like I think the competition in the team challenge is actually less than the players' cup. For example, a lot of players are playing in this than the players' cup because the requirements are playing in a in four um events that are not single elimination or anything like that. Like, yeah, players have qualified and it's their first time winning a play mat, for example, very similar to what you get for a league cup and players are participating in their team for the first time, um, it, 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 I can imagine that's a disheartening experience to lose before you get the opportunity to play, especially if you were yep. voted out, because there's no way for every single person on the team to play. That's the one thing, like I wish it was, it was like teams of three. I understand why they do teams of four, trust me. And I'm, I'm luckily available whenever I'm able to be available. And that's yep. the nature of mm -hmm. my career. I couldn't imagine being like the dude that works at Chipotle or something and being like, <laughs> yeah, you're working every Saturday and Sunday of your life, but for minimum wage. And that's yeah. the reality of a lot of these players, right? Like yeah. they have to support themselves and their families. And I totally get it. And Pokemon does not come first for everyone, but it's one of those things where um, 
I wish a team of three, like if you could, if you could choose your teams or maybe there was other ways to pick teams or other ways to qualify. Cause I also don't like that. You win the qualifier, you qualify. I don't necessarily think like you could spike a tournament that way. Um, right. I have gripes with it. I think it's a super fun format. I really like playing with my teams though. I, I've never thought that I like playing a team play event. I'm very mm-hmm. much a solo player. If I ever had, like had a way to describe myself, like I can carry myself. I'm good. I get it. Um, yep. No, that's fair. That's it's fair. Fun to, it's, it's fun to fair. play with teams. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. I, 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 real quick, Jake, that's right. I love, I love a good team event. Um, you know, that's just kind of my background what I've played growing up myself. And so, uh, I am, I'm in the same boat with you, Zach, in terms of I'm, I am disappointed with this. Oh, you qualify. I think it's neat for people who don't know enough players. And like, that's like a cool free agent style of creating teams. It does cause complications because especially if you had four people who were like, cool. All right. We all made it. Who's going to sit out first. Like that immediate fight is just ridiculous in my head. Uh, to start off with and i think you know what they should do moving forward it's funny going back to baseball in a weird way is like the little league world series just follow that form format where they cut the you can literally just copy the entire way they cut the regions up and then eventually when it comes down to the final world series little league world series like you have japan you have germany you have you know you know certain areas like you know obviously in in that it's more biased for north america cuz they have weight they have the whole just united states side versus the rest of the world but you could mm-hmm. do it you could do it more evenly in regards to that instead of doing that portion of it and but those teams are made up of players who know each other or like you know they're they're signed up for their organization locally so you sign up like with a store still you know again i I don't want to dive too much into the details of that but the point is they definitely should explore i think a little bit better options and still have a free agent way of doing it for those who are exploring and trying to learn and get into the game so who knows maybe what they do is they have a team is formed. They need a fourth player. There's a play in for that store. And yeah, that's how they There's ways to change it. I think like, I, I hope that uh, tournament center and TPCI come together to find like, they take some player feedback. Like mm-hmm. even with a few players that got disqualified um, just because their stores ran double headers, like I feel for them. Um, there's a lot of uh, kind of- Oh, I didn't even know that happened. Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> Scott Creech. There, apparently there's a rule that stores cannot run back to back right um, right anything interesting and there's other stores that got disqualified apparently again this is all here like scott posted on twitter so feel free to check out their twitter at i think it's the dip tcg um or dip tcg there there's apparently another store as far as i read that just got disqualified and they did their store did not run a double header so it wasn't even like apparently they just got disqualified for that reason and apparently nothing happens out of that because mm. we're moving on so i mean there, there, there's some gripes that i have about this system and even my team challenge like uh we had some scheduling issues around players cup four father's day weekend chilling rate chilling rain release weekends right. um, it was, it, maybe not the best weekend if i ever had to pick one um, I don't necessarily want it. I'm not qualified to be the dude that picks the weekend, but <laughs> for uh, sure. right. that weekend certainly sucked for me personally. Um, I don't know if how it felt for other peeps, but 
Anyways, it's one of those things where I think, uh, I hope they change it up if they do run another event because it actually is kind of fun. Mm -hmm. For sure. Okay, let, let's go ahead and move on to the next. Um, there's a few, we, we do want to talk a little bit of Chilling Rain, but before that, um, uh, V unions were announced, I think it was last week. I just want to get your overall thoughts on the V union mechanic um, and maybe some cards that might help, uh, you know, facilitate getting those out and about. Sure, yeah, for sure. Um, I need to pull up the V unions because I so quickly looked them <laughs> over and was, uh, should I say displeased? Do we, do we start it off like that? No, that's you perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. Because there I, was I, the three that were announced. Just as a reminder to our listeners, three of them were announced. We got Zacian, uh, and then Mewtwo, and then also Greninja. So kind of interesting that they went to Greninja and Mewtwo, but the, and throwing in a Zacian. Um, so, you know, they have big attacks, some pretty good, you know, a couple of them have some pretty good abilities, not Zacian, uh, you know, it's just like, that's the kind of quick reminder for people. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think the mechanic looks cool. I like the kind of, uh, Exodia kind of putting four cards together. Um, but it's difficult to make happen. Um, three yeah, power yeah. cards makes a lot of sense for these Pokemon, especially when you compare their HP to other VMAX. I think in terms of a power creep, that makes sense. Um, the issue that I have is that each V union has the same name. Um, so Greninja, the one with the face, Greninja with the hand, Greninja with the, we'll call it the leg. I've seen, we'll I've just seen say the leg. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Twitter memes have me laugh a little bit. Then there's the other leg with the shuriken or whatever. Right. Each yeah. one of those is the same name of Greninja v union um yep. which kind of sucks in a way because we can't run four of each so i mean right. if you prize a piece and we'll skip the math again there's probably a chance that you're going to prize a piece um yeah pretty significant chance actually especially if you're only running the one v union um like there's some cool things going on with them like that they're not basics they're not evolution pokemon they're like a special summon pokemon for whatever um you have to get all four in your discard pile so i could just imagine being like oh i missed the quick ball to get the greninja tongue in the discard pile or well, you can't even quick ball you can't even quick ball because it's not a basic well exactly. he's saying dis discard it oh yeah yeah, discard, yeah, yeah. It, discard it you're right you're right so i mean um, their attacks are cool i think this is more of like a an intro to the unions if you look at any kind of like base starter sets uh some of the tag teams that we originally had I mean, except for Pika Rum, Pika Rum is very good in team up, but a lot of them were not like particularly strong. Mm -hmm. um, I can't necessarily name the other ones off the top of my head. And that's probably a telling uh, tale. <laughs> yeah. um, so right now I think that these ones are probably just like an introduction. Maybe they're even promos. I think they're coming out in a September V Union yes. box. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. So if I had a hunch, these are probably just like a, this is the concept this is what we're going with they're going to be broken at some point there might yeah. be some kind of i was even talking to michelle about it and she was like how cool would it be if there was like a, a ditto kind of prism thing that could take <laughs> the place of one right and i mean oh, yeah. we'll have these like this eureka moment where we're like oh this could be cool or this could yeah. be uh this this sucks or whatever yeah getting back to team up uh i don't think that the magikarp waylord uh, did too much. I don't think the Snorlax, Eevee Lax did too much. I don't think the Latios, Latios, GX. Like there were certainly some of them. Like where, yeah, Snorlax saw some kind of play. Gengu right. saw some kind of play. 
Oh, well, I mean, a decent bit of play now, but it's one of those things where like Latios Latias could very much well be the Mewtwo B Union pieces, for example. And there mm-hmm. might be the, maybe we haven't seen the Zamazental one and that one's the broken one, right? Right, like, right. I don't know what they're going to release. I also don't know what the pull rates are. I know these cards are probably going to look awesome in a binder. Um, yeah. I think these three are sticking in the binder. Um, but it's one of those things where I think we need more V Union um, support in general. The same way, like, more recently, we had Rapid Strike and Single Strike cards come out in Battle Styles. Battle Styles was a cool set, but the Octillery in that set that searches out Rapid Strike Pokemon sucked in that set because you couldn't search out barely anything. We had nothing to search out. Right. Um, yeah. Even after we just got Chilling Rain, we still barely have anything to search out, but we're seeing that card creep out a little bit. Yep. I think when they introduce more V Union support, and again, we have not seen any support. It's just kind of, it's risky right now based off the information that we have. So and the attacks don't necessarily seem amazing. Doing 130 for one energy after getting this all set up. And maybe there's a supporter where you're just going to be pitch for V Unions or search your prize card, search your deck for all the V Union pieces, discard them from play. That might be broken, right? I have no clue. We'll yeah. have to see what comes out. But so, um, yeah, when the when these first came out, we, you know, we were trying to theory craft to see, you know, how to get these out in the discard, regardless of what they do. And I was struggling to see a very good, consistent way. Yeah, we had that that supporter that basically took two of them and put them into your discard. Right. Um, but assuming but you don't have prizes. Um, actually, I was talking to our local group and that um, and also um, Megumi came up with uh, Familiar Bell. Uh, to pull out the, I think it's three of the Pokemon with the same name. So you can pull those three out, and then also talking with some of our local groups, saying Alistair can eat those three. Um, so maybe a combination between Familiar Bell and Alistair might be something to see in the future with those decks. That sounds kind of cool. That sounds kind of cool. Yeah, I, 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 I I'll give cool. you. I'll give you the math real quick. Uh, here is you guys were trying to wonder. It's around seven percent that you have a chance that you prize one of these things. So you know that that. That's a pretty good percentage if I did my wrath right, which I don't think I did. Um, so, but I'll it, see if I can pull things up on the side if I'm just like, I randomly found it. I'm there's a website that you can yeah, use. There, there is yeah. one, I can't, I can't remember it right now either. Seven I just sounds tried to a calculate. little low, but but it's saying you don't, uh, you know, prize any of these, you know, the combination right. between those two cards, um, is actually kind of promising, even you know, before you know, saying anything else. Um, and those cards haven't really seen a lot of love uh, prior to this. So I'm actually kind of excited to try to get these out and about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was there um, anything else about the VEs that maybe uh, that stuck with you, Zach, when you first thought, saw them or, you know, uh, or was there any, you know, do you have any other additional thoughts on the VEs? I think I'm more or less like waiting to see what they could have. I think there's the possibility that we will see some kind of, Pokemon Legends, if you looked at the Poke Beach article um, that mm-hmm. showed what they they could be, maybe we're going to see a tag team-esque kind of two Pokemon or three Pokemon on one card V Union that might make some awesome art or some really awesome, unique um, energy requirement or something. I think there's a lot of cool stuff that can happen with mm-hmm. these. So I'm excited for the future, but right now, like, I think it's just bland because it's our first ever time seeing them and they're going to eventually yeah. like power creep our format. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. Um, but um, 
for the time being, we still are in the, uh, you know, the rapid strike, um, single strike and the VV, V max. And we did just have chilling rain come out. Um, so I know we're kind of running a little late, but before, you know, we, we let you go, I want to kind of get your first impressions of decks and cards that are making a good impact, um, on the meta right now. Uh, I know it's very early in the meta, um, but what are your, your, your thoughts of chilling rain so far? I mean, I think that Chilling Rain is a really cool set. Um, if anything, it kind of kicks off where Battle Styles left off with continuing on the single strike and rapid strike mechanic. I really like looking at some of these cards and being like, this card sucks. So I had this kind of <laughs> eureka moment with Tornado's VMAX um, late last week where I was like, this is one of the worst VMAXs ever until I realized <laughs> that it's now an evolution that can use triple acceleration energy, single strike Pokemon that can use both powerful colorless and single strike. And I mean, I'm not trying to sell you guys on Tornado's VMAX. I posted up a video. Y'all want to watch it? Feel free to watch it. That'd oh, it's be, a great yeah, video. <laughs> Real quick, it's a great video. I really enjoyed that. I had I had a fun time watching that one. Like it's a I funny was... deck, right? Like doing 320, yeah. like it feels like it's the underdog. And I mean, I like it. If it, it was an ADP, I think I even said that. I was like, if I was playing against an ADP, this Pokemon would be getting O-code right now. Like there's cool things going on with that deck. And I think mm. that there's a lot more cool little strategies, especially within the Rapid Strike Pokemon. I've seen a few of the Blaziken Zerora decks pop up, and I've seen Blaziken Rapid Strike Urshfu decks. Like, I like where these are coming from because they bring me back to the yesteryears of SP Pokemon and all these other Delta Pokemon, for example. Like, I think now that we're starting to get like a robust system of Pokemon that are like one side or the other, um, there's going to be really cool combinations that come. So as a deck builder and someone who's a fan of the game, I'm super huge about that. I mean, we could really stop the set at Shadow Rider Calyrex VMAX. Um, <laughs> and I think that's kind of that's where correct. I've kind of got to this point where I think the biggest issue that I have with this set right now is the cost of acquisition of cards, whether it's online or in real life, is very difficult for a lot of players which means that we're living in a kind of twilight version of the metagame or some kind of like, we, we do not have a proper amount of cards dispersed amounts players that would actually play them. So right. we're going to have a disproportionate amount of Shadow Rider Calyrex in our tournaments, um, probably lower than what it should be, which means yeah. that maybe E-turn's not going to be as much. Like if you look at it like a food chain, um, and if you if you if you introduce the snakes in the grass, maybe it doesn't sound like a lot, but maybe the snake eats the rat, and the rat was going to eat the snail, and the snail was going to eat the fish. I have no clue. The snail's probably not eating the fish. But you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it's one of those things. Like, there's studies about this. Like, if you if you release deer in a forest, like there's more things than happen at once. So for the metagame to react to these few Shadow Rider Calyraxes that are going in there, maybe yeah. there's too many Eternatus, and players just want to hard counter them, headhunt them. Um, yeah. Maybe there's not enough Eternatus, which allows Shadow Rider Calyrax to breed more, um, and other decks just kind of come popularized. So I think the first couple of weeks are just kind of gross for the metagame right now because yeah. I see players running Luke Metal. Um, I think Luke Metal's done pretty well at the tournament so far. My issue with Luke Metal is it probably it gets absolutely boned by Path to the Peak. Um, yep. yep. <laughs> and I'm a Luke Metal player. Like, I have a lot of friends. Josh Sutherland's one of them. And I'm like, please do not play Luke Metal anymore, homie. Like, <laughs> you're just going to lose to the deck that beats you. And it plays Path to the Peak, right? Right. Um, yep. And I mean, they continuously go forward. It's like going to war, going to another day at work. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, <laughs> everyone's allowed to play whatever decks they want to do at events. I'm just saying, 
acquire like they can't acquire the cards right um, right yeah. and I, I think that's what makes it difficult so hopefully in a couple of weeks once the prices stabilize or they don't or whatever happens that the metagame also stabilizes and we can actually start looking at the game because right now i think shadow rider calorax v max just seems too good to be true um oh i agree just well, being able to go turn one horror house gx <laughs> turn two night watch marnie by being able to use um, underworld door, underworld door, attach, switch, night watch, Marnie, path to the peak and play. Um, I, I watched Michelle play in the Hyperlux events. She was playing ADP. She played against it. And it, it was just sad to watch. Like you, you might be like, yo, Zach, you're, you're helping her out, right? You got, you got to be helping out the, the wifey, the fiance, the girlfriend <laughs> behind her she shoulder. Doesn't need He's a good enough player. I mean, first and foremost, she does better at these online events on average, way better than I ever could. I've been like whooped. By, I, I'll be honest with you. I, she, I, I think I remember playing against her one time, and you, you like messaged me, and you're just like, you just got stopped. And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those things where I'm just like, like I don't even know, like. There was nothing I could help her out with, even if I wanted to help her out with. That deck was such a complete lock. Like, I felt bad yeah. for her. We had a yeah. good cry together afterwards. <laughs> she was trying to win some cash money to get some, like, uh, subscription box, and it hurt her soul to lose to that deck because it yeah. was her first time playing against that deck. And yeah. for me, like, I've, I've created a few videos, and I play tested with some friends. It's one of those things when, like, I'm playing that deck, it feels different. And then when I'm in the other side, I'm like, oh, the grass is not greener on the other side. Like, it right. feels yeah, bad. Yeah, um, so, I mean, I think that deck's absolutely busted, but this set added a lot more um, archetypes initially yes. than Battle Styles mm -hmm. did. So I think it's just cool to like, have some flavors. I don't know if the flavors matter um, right now. Like Blaziken Zora is a cool deck. Does it hold its own against anything in the metagame? We'll find out in a couple weeks. Um, mm. Is Ice Rider Calyrax even good? I think yes. I've heard a lot of people say oh, no. I, I think yes. I've... I've... I've played that and it seems pretty good. Is it is it the a, a tier or S tier? No, probably not. But it's definitely a deck that don't underestimate it, or else it will just beat you. Right, right. Especially with Melanie. I mean, like I just like I'm I I'm seeing you know water in, in pretty much every deck now because of Melanie, and like you know it's just it's just funny because like this is such an interesting um, current set of you know like you said like there's so much archetype right now in, in the game and I, i'm loving it I, I actually enjoying this creation period which is something um we didn't really see the last so many sets i think even with battle styles battle styles saw some but chilling rain really feels like part two to uh, yeah. battle styles at this point uh, it was the necessary part to to go forward with it um, Zach, real quick, what was the deck that like that you've seen and like out of your list? I think you talked about. I have a certain one in my mind, but uh, what was the deck that really shocked you the most? That kind of came out of nowhere from from Chilling Rain. From out of Chilling Rain, yes. Oh, that's tough. I feel like you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> Snake. Um, uh, I mean, I, I, I guess I'm not really shocked anymore because like these sets have been. Um, maybe that's the word that's like throwing me off. Oh, that's <laughs> fair. No, no. Like, what, what, so what? What? Which one were you? You know, surprised or like you didn't see that you think would have any real play, and it is seeing some play and success success with that play. Um, I mean, 
it, it could be any of the decks. So I mean, I, I'm I'm I'd love for you to let me know after I answer. I've been having a lot of fun with Blissey. That's um, it. That's it. That's okay. it. Okay. Okay. I'm glad that I got it right. I'm trying to like think of all these no, like, no, good. And, like no. he was trying to get you to say that. <laughs> But yeah. no, yeah, that Blissey, when you popped that one up in your video, I was your, your top 10 deck video. I was like, wow, like I can see this now. And like, I think you did a good explanation there. Like, you know, it's can tough. You... I mean, I also got crude, like some of those people in the comments, if you, if you're one of the people that comments on my videos and you're listening to this podcast right now, not to say like anyone is being particularly mean, but they're like, why did you feature all new decks? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure like I very much explain this everywhere before and after maybe putting sound on would be great. And that's my, yeah. that's my nice PG answer I'm, with it. People mm. like this be the new shiny toys. Um, do we all love peak ROM ADP? Some maybe yes, some maybe no, but we do want to see those blissies or, yeah. or, you know, the, the, the horsies. Or I don't know if like it's a top that. 10 deck right now, if you ask me, like enough people have not been playing it. I mean, you definitely need traction behind a deck or you need a particular right. subset yep. of group just like grinding that deck to the core. Like Luke Metal would not even be a top 10 deck if you did not have uh, Epo and Josh Sutherland and Jake Gearhart and myself and Hayden Fru playing it, just to name a few. Like it would yeah. literally have next to no results. It's getting a lot of those results from a particular subgroup of players. So, I mean, maybe Blissey turns into that deck, um, but like off the top of my head, there's, I don't know why it's not being picked up because as I explained, weakness is of no issue when you could stack on three weakness guard energies. Um, <laughs> attaching a bunch of extra energies is always good. The initial yep. first few attacks are kind of rough, but I, this deck is very much like a, I don't know, it's kind of like, in progress is the best way i'd put it like mm -hmm. do mm -hmm. i want to go with a super heavy healing build that plays um i think there's got to be some crazy potion cards that i probably am like what's it called hyper potion for example yeah i'm, I'm just fighting against Blizzy with hyper potion it's not yep. fun <laughs> yeah right and i you're just losing all your efforts i also think like if control comes back which you can't come back for a few weeks right now um just because like the metagame again is unstable they can't necessarily predict it um right being able to attach energies back or having a bunch of energies or even having the chinchinos to draw cards. Like this deck kind of has the whole package all together. Um, it's just not perfect yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. There's mm -hmm. definitely room to, you know, to grow and to deck test and to really hone that list in. Um, what I, I did want to have a, a, your, your thoughts on a couple cards here before we let you go. Um, sure. And we kind of already talked about path. I think if you guys need to go, like, I'm not like that much in a rush either. I'll oh, no, no, I, I have nothing going on. I just, <laughs> I know you, you have, you, uh, you're a busy man and you have a, a fiance to uh, take care of. Yeah, for yeah, sure. for sure. Um, but as far as the uh, Galarian Moltres, um, how do you feel that deck has uh, kind of made the Eternatus viability maybe go up, especially with hammers being so prevalent um, or has it not made it more, uh, you know, consistent or anything like that? For Etern, for Etern, yeah, for any, yeah. for Etern with uh, Moltres, uh, the Glare Moltres. Yeah, I mean, I think Crushing Hammers are really to fight fire with fire. You had to play Crushing Hammers to take away your opponent's energies in case they took away your energies. Um, yeah. Now we just have ways to accelerate energies. So if you're playing Crushing Hammers, they they kind of fall on deaf ears. Um, where yeah. you're you're just like, cool, I'm just gonna go energy switch. Or I've seen Weavals in the deck. Yeah. Um, so it, it's one of those things where. It, it's just, uh, I, I, I think E-Turn's cool. 
Etern's a really good counter to Shadow Rider, Calyrax, VMAX. Um, Etern also got hurt a lot in this set with the Galarian yep. Zapdos V. And uh, I haven't seen Avery floating around, but I, I can only assume that it could get played if Etern gets two out of hands. Um, yep. Players like the hard counter decks they do not like. I think Galarian yep. Zapdos is probably more of a real threat um, in general than most people ever give it credit for. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think Etern's kind of hot. Um, but it's virtually the exact same list. If anything, you're just, you could miss an energy and not be punished. So it got yeah. better. Um, whether or not that outweighs Zapdos and Avery being released in the set is to be determined. Yeah, I haven't seen the Avery. I have played against the Zapdos variants with Etern. Um, and as long as I, I, I guess, I mean, it's still not, you're still probably not favored, especially how easy Zapdos is to get up and running. Um, but if you at least had another Etern on the bench with the Moltres, you can still get, a, a response knockout uh, back on the the Zapdos and hopefully they don't, they don't pull another one. Um, mm -hmm. So I still feel, even though it's like not great for them, that it's not like the end all be all, um, even in that matchup that's unfavored. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd have to say like I, it's someone who doesn't, you know, I'm still waiting for my product to come in right now. And the only stuff I got was I spent all my coins, right. To like, try and get packs yeah. and i only have i'm running just one moltres right now because that's all i got out of it and wow like that made just a significant difference for eternatus for me and it is still viable right now just because of the fact that again like it, no one's running avery at least i haven't run into it, uh, it at all and that's been wonderful and even when i'm playing against path to the peak stuff you know I'm still hitting for a decent amount of damage. I'm going to two shot. I view it as like, well, this is what's going to be like sword and shield up. Um, so I'm okay with that. And so I'm just two shot and everything anyways. So it's been, it's been rather interesting um, for Eternatus right now in this, in this weird spot. Uh, and like it has, I, I feel like, you know, we're going to, that's going to go down though. Like I, I have a feeling Eternatus play will, decrease as more product comes out because like you guys said like shadow rider calyrex is uh pretty brutal uh, out there uh i haven't played it that much personally though but i guess that's that's also due to availability and maybe at the time i play so it was not yeah, well, get, it was not fun to get those cards i'll put it like that i feel like i yeah I did an arm right i got mm -hmm. an ear my hair my <laughs> um i mean so, I, the same. I, i'm a sucker and i go for all the alt art cards uh, <sighs> i got an I'm like very OCD about my card arts um, and that's, that's really fine. where it shows. So like I, I go for a preferred style of cards in real life. I go regular art, everything non-hollow if possible, whatever. <laughs> um, when the alt arts came out, I was like, oh, cool. I'll start collecting them online because I like the Dedenes, how that really came out. I think that was the first one. And then I was like, I have to go for every single alt art that comes out. So it just was like a couple <laughs> yeah. of the tag team promos. They were like two, four packs each. It wasn't a lot. This set cost me a thousand packs online to get everything day one. Um, so yeah. it, it, I, it took an army. I mean, there was a lot of people in the community that very much helped me out. A lot of local stores, um, sponsors like PPCGO Zone, um, they mm -hmm. were great to me. Uh, but I mean, I still had to, like, I had, I had my PayPal ready, um, buying a lot of packs. And it's hard to find packs before the set's officially, officially released. Right. Um, I mean, no, I agree. They're like a buck a code. So, I mean, anyone who wants, we'll, we'll leave the math out there. Also, on a side <laughs> note, I found the math for um, the B unions. Um, 
the VA unions, there's a 35% chance. Oh, geez, that's a yeah. little higher than 7%. That is a very yeah, high chance. 35%. There. So basically, um, 16 out of 25 games, there's a 65% chance of not yeah. prizing a single one. So, I mean, you're on the good side, but the way that I always look at this is like, let's say you're going to your doctor's office and they're like, you have this rare disease. You have a 65% chance of life. Immediately, yeah, I'd be like, nah, that's, that's I, don't know, I don't like, I don't like those odds, homie. Like the, mm-hmm. these sound like kind of rough. And I like, yep. when it comes, like people do not realize that these numbers, when it comes to V unions, cause you know, there's going to be the V union tryhards that try <laughs> to work immediately. They don't care about the numbers. When you have a 35% chance going into the game of like, just like going in there, you got to like compare it to something else that's not Pokemon. Like, I don't like, <laughs> it, it's tough. 35% chance is like, to me is a gigantic yikes until we yep. have a way to fix that out there. I'm sure there will be a card that comes out to <laughs> fix that um, uh, in the future. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, that's immediately, that's a very big yikes for me uh to to put that much uh stock into a card and potentially not even be able to use it um but yeah before we quit i wanted your your thoughts on one more card at least um the intel the baby inteleon with his his sniping Mm -hmm. ability for 20 um i've seen that make a huge difference especially in those rapid striker shifu uh lists um what's your overall feel on the inteleon I mean, it got Jake Gearhart to switch from Luke Metal to uh, Rabbit Strike Urshifu Inteleon. So, I mean, I think if there's anything um, to mm-hmm. say about that, like the card, the card's definitely good. Um, yeah. yeah. Since I've been playing the game for forever, I often compare cards because a lot of it is recycled among yep. sets. Um, the more recent card that we've had that's been like that has been Decidueye GX from Sun and Moon. Um, yeah. And I mean, I brought Decidueye GX to my first day two at Worlds. Um, when we started day two that worlds, I had to qualify that year by playing day one. Um, and just being able to snipe 20 damage every single turn definitely has its benefits. Now, yep. my one thing comparing it to something from four or five years ago off the top of my head, is that worthwhile with the amount of HPs that VMAXs and stuff have there? That's to be determined. I think I need to play around with the card a little bit more. Um, inherently the card is extremely good it it really just depends on the metagame and what you're trying to accomplish but i mean mm-hmm. i could see Intelli- yeah. like inteleon is a world's winning card in my in my mind like is a card yeah. that can go into a world's winning deck the same way that shadow rider calyrax or adp can like there is nothing that tells me this card is broken especially com- like not even putting it there the new sobble that came out being able to search out all the rapid strike cards yeah and then you have um the drizzle and the Inteleon from both Sword and Shield that have shady dealings to search out trainer cards. Like the whole family's there, the whole family's busted. Um, I think it has a lot of support behind it. It could be extremely good. Yeah, it, it just opens up options depending on matchup. You can go, like you said, shady dealings uh, twice with that, you know, or if you wanted to throw the damage down, uh, it definitely can be a math changer. For sure, and it's funny you bring Jake Gearhart up uh, because this got him off of uh, of Luke Metal. I actually ended up playing him randomly on ladder, uh, and I think it was a mirror match. Except I prized my Mew, and he actually won because of that twenty damage that uh, Mew wasn't able to block. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> but yeah, I, that card 
is really good uh, in my opinion, especially if you can get multiple up, like you said, with the the Sobbles, um, having a bunch of you know them on the on the field, you can definitely evolve to have different options and put a lot of damage up, uh, you know, throughout the game for sure. Well, I see, I see it personally as this is the this is the Pokemon that's like, oh, cool, you put a Crobat down. Oh, we're, we're going to just take four prizes one turn. You're not even going to realize it's going to happen on you. Like, you know, multi it's just like... like pardon? Multi-prize card turns are absolutely huge in Pokemon. Right. Like, yeah, getting around Reset Stamp and Marnie and stuff, like, like, just being able to draw it all at once, there's a lot of good... Like, it's a very strategic card. Right, right. Yeah. And, and, and that's where, I, like, I see that this being is in terms of just, like, man, like, it, 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 as soon as you put like a supporter down you know that you're facing this intellion it, it's a time clock now you have you have only so many turns before okay this is when they take way more prices than they normally would prior to this and you yep. have to be able to respond either faster or better and you know it, i'm I, I like this card a lot uh i you know jake and i started off this po podcast talking about intellion we love intellion yes. anytime anytime intellion like makes a resurgence for us we're like cool so um <laughs> this has been we were excited about this at the pre-release event um we know that for pre-release events it didn't see the success that i think some people thought it would but that's because pre-release events are, or, you know, are, are a dice throw. Just that. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so, but in the standard format, wow. Like I love this card. I I'm so excited to get my set to play, use this. And, you know, I, I, this is just brutal. I agree. So before we let you go, is there any other <laughs> cards or anything that you want to bring up that we might've missed? Um, I mean, Right now, I think like almost every single VMAX besides Celebi, um, that card is literally an onion. Uh, <laughs> you, you probably don't want to play that one. I think most of the VMAXs are pretty exciting out of the sets. It kind of gives everyone a lot of opportunities to explore. Like even Metagross, for example, seems like Metal Victini um, in a lot of ways where you could do 100 damage for two energies and then you get the whole Metal Saucer package. Like I think we're in a format where there's a lot of viable decks it, it, it's just going to take some time to like discover like how viable some decks are. Uh, because if you ask me, like, I think that Metagross might be better than Victini off the top of my head. It does a hundred damage where Victini does a hundred damage uh, with Geller and Rapidash. I'd rather play Zacian yeah. E than play a Heatran GX or a Reshazard. That's me personally. Maybe I'm wrong. I still need to find out if I'm wrong or right. Um, so with yeah. the set, like at the time of recording here, we're not even a week in. Um, and I think the format's starting to explore, like see a lot of exploration. Mm -hmm. um, I think the biggest cards, if anyone's looking to explore anything and they're looking to make some deep research, I think Galarian Zapdos and Galarian Maltras probably deserve the most um, attention because Galarian Zapdos is pretty easy all on its own. It does 170. You don't necessarily even need to use it as like a fighting type counter doing 170 for one energy is very good out of nowhere. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think that Galarian Zapdos having a way to accelerate energies from the bench and having energy switch or even Weavile in the formats makes it very good. On top of it being a very good dark type Pokemon, um, 190 times two knocks out a Shadow Rider Calyrex VMAX. Just yep, in yep. case anyone's wondering on the quick numbers, like that's a very <laughs> good card. Um, so, I mean, I've seen a lot of decks. I think even tonight, Caleb Rogerson played uh, Victini with the Moltres in the deck where using energy switch so you don't need to play welder 
So right. in the same way that Etern doesn't need to power itself up and it never had a dark type welder, um, we might be looking at Moltres like we might not be looking into it enough is the best way I put it. Moltres is yeah. probably like the more the most interesting card of the sets. Um, of course, there's amazing cards like Echoing Horn and I think even Peony. I could I could write a ten thousand page report on <laughs> Peony on cool things that I've thought of. It's, yeah. Mm -hmm. this is a really good deck building set and we're probably going to look back on it in like a year and be like holy moly this set was really good right. uh, yeah and, and it added all these really cool cards maybe everyone's packing four avery's in their deck because there's eternatus v union or something i have no yeah. clue. but um we'll uh we'll have to see how it goes like right now i think that moltres is the card to explore the most shadow rider seems absolutely broken um, most VMAXs seem cool, and most of the trainers seem really cool. Yeah, you, yeah, you, sure you bring up, a, and Jake, real quick here, is I, he brings up such a good point with the fact that energy, and I'm not sure how, if you've seen this so much, is the, the difference in energy usage now. Like, like, I think I brought it up earlier, like they hinted at us for fighting in water, and I'm seeing that combination of actual just fighting and water in decks, uh, dark and fighting again because the single strike energy and the rapid strike energy, they had those built in. But now we're actually seeing those basic energies being put into the game combined together. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little shocked and excited the fact that we are seeing this this the the sharing of ener basic energy types out there and we're mm -hmm. seeing a little bit more of a mix of the pokemon together to to be good attackers and follow up like eternus is probably obviously a good ex exception of this and even really shadow rider calyrex but like some of these decks you know we're seeing lightning and fire together right now um metagross can only needs one metal so you know you could mix it with something else if you wanted to you could mix it with victini if you really felt like it um you know in, in a weird way i'm not saying to do that and then you got yeah. tornadus v max who's colorless the whole time so um you know it just i find this very fascinating uh at right now so uh, i look, oh, yeah. i there's... hope i hope that continues personally uh, there's plenty of deck exploration to do and i'm going to be doing it right after this and i can't wait to get videos out um unfortunately again i'm on vacation so we'll have to wait till next week but i'm probably going to have like 10 out next week or something like that <laughs> um but yeah i'll hold you to it all yeah, right for sure, but all right well i think that's going to do it for us today uh you know jake do you have any last questions no no i think uh that just about does it i want to thank you zach for coming on i always appreciate your time and your insight uh you've yep. been a awesome friend to myself and the cast you know ever since uh, you know we first met um before we have you get out of here do you have any shout outs or plugs i mean i i first and foremost i appreciate you guys you guys have been super welcoming and i appreciate um the opportunity to be on the podcast i mean a lot of people might look at me like i'm zach lesage what the heck am i doing on the triple p podcast <laughs> I, I like being invited to podcasts you want to know what like it's one of those things where like um sometimes you don't get that dinner party invite at the top of the game um and i really appreciate you guys extending your hands um and getting me an outlet to kind of talk that's not necessarily my normal channel and i mean looking yeah. at the game differently and just kind of conversing with like a different part of the community so i mean it's super awesome i appreciate that um shout out to ptc geozone um I mean, there's still a lot to come from that website. Right now, there's PTCGO prices. They're actively working on a bunch of cool stuff, so stay tuned. If you haven't followed them on social media, you can follow them at PTCGO Zone on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
Um, I mean, I'm I'm a content creator. I've been writing a lot of articles lately. Um, I wrote one for Channel Fireball recently. Been writing for PTC Geo Store, Potown Store. Um, I also create YouTube content, and I'm pretty active on Twitter. So if anyone wants to catch up any more from me, they can uh, check out my Twitter at Zach Lesage PTCG or on my YouTube channel at Zach Lesage. Um, lots of great stuff there, and I just try to spread my love of the game. Um, sure. Beyond that, I mean, I'm just, I live a normal life and I just chill out, play Pokemon and stuff like that. For sure. No, oh, but yeah, again, check him out on all of his channels. And he didn't mention he's coached too. So um, I've, I've taken a session or two from him. Very, very good insight too. So if you're looking to up your game, definitely uh, reach out to him for that as well. Yep, and all the links uh, that he mentioned will be in the show notes down below. So, uh, thank you, and uh, I'm, man, let's let's just go play some chill and rain now. I, I just I'm going I'm I'm pulling it up right now. <laughs> yeah, but first I need to go get some Del Talk. <laughs> all right thank you everyone and this has been the triple p pittsburgh pokemon podcast if you want to reach out to jake or i hit us up at, at panux one or at duke of hobbies on twitter we also have at pit pokey pod and it, we stream every thursday and friday now on twitch at twitch.tv slash pittsburgh pokemon podcast thank you again for joining us today and we'll see you next time